Chris, <laughs> I set the microphone on fire. Here they go, the middle's up like this. The star of our show, Chris, 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 Chris. Hey guys, welcome back. And like I said, thank you so much for listening. This is probably one of the most uh, overworked I've done for this election because like I said, I'm coming to you uh, every single day from now until uh, November 8th. So uh, thank you so much for listening. And like I said on the promo, I'm having some amazing guests and we're just going to be talking about different topics that should be in front of your mind when you hit that voting booth and if you already voted um i suggest you next time you wait because we just found out a couple days ago that the email scandal has been reopened by the fbi so if you're a hillary supporter and she might get in trouble for this now you just wasted your vote in my opinion that's why i agree uh not to have any early voting because you never know what's going to happen the day before um but let's get back to the topic i really want to talk about which is college students feel like they've been given the shaft in this election uh benji thank you for joining me because i believe um most of us did get the shaft um i was a big ted cruz supporter um i don't know who you supported but i know it's not donald trump because we've been uh, guests on other shows and we both don't like what we have in the Republican Party. So why do you think uh, we feel like we've been given the shaft? Well, I really feel like you're exactly right, Chris. And I uh, I supported Ted Cruz in the Wisconsin primary because he was the only alternative to Trump, but I also supported Kasich. I supported Rubio. I supported Walker. Um, and I would have supported basically any of the other candidates I agree. outside of of um, Donald Trump, for sure. There's no doubt that I would have supported any of them. Um, there are a few where I'd be like, you know what, they're not my favorite choice, but I'll still vote for them. But Donald Trump, there is no option for me to, to vote uh, for him. And just in general, millennials um, are just not represented in this election at all. Neither candidates uh, in this election of the, you know, the two major party candidates represent any of the issues that the millennials care about. Uh, on the issues that millennials care about, like gay marriage and the environment, um, where they're more liberal, neither candidate has had a solid position on, and uh, and both candidates want a bigger government. Uh, and most college students are pretty libertarian. Um, even if they think they're liberal, they do want a smaller government. If you you know you poll them, and the majority of students want a smaller government, and neither candidate supports that either. So they really have been given the shaft. And it's not just millennials, it's just America in general. Um, but millennials didn't vote for either of these candidates. Uh, they won't want to vote for either of these candidates. And in the future, they'll probably vote against both of these candidates in the next election. So the problem with this is both parties are trying to grow their base as millennials, and especially conservatives, where they've had troubles with that group of people for years and years and years. And now, you know, this, this election is turning millennials away from conservatism even more so. Um, I mean, I've talked to countless students who feel like they can't vote for a conservative. So um, after this election, just because of Donald Trump, and uh, it's pretty frustrating as somebody who's worked, you know, for the movement, trying to help millennials become more conservative and really realize the, the truth of the conservative movement. So 
Um, you know, overall, it's just been a frustrating election year for millennials. You know, millennials like Marco Rubio on the conservative side and Ted Cruz, and then they like Bernie Sanders on the Democratic side. And both felt like, you know, on the Democratic side, they felt like the election was rigged because it really was. And on the conservative side, they felt like, you know, the old white men kind of dominated and gave them an option that they won't vote for in Donald Trump. You know, it's really interesting you say because I've been to a couple of Trump uh, rallies just as a spectator. Um, and the last one I went to, I got kicked out. Um, but um, one of your numbers here, and I completely agree with these numbers, um, you put a quote. Um, a recent uh, survey done by Chegg, which is a textbook rental company, that says 77% of college students who support for Donald Trump say they're not willing to volunteer for him, while 70% of college uh, Hillary supporters uh, say they're willing to volunteer uh, for her either. So that's a big number. 70, you know, a roughly estimate of 70, uh, 70 to 72% of college students are not willing to su- help the candidate, which that tells me like who is going to be hitting the ground floor. Now we found out a couple a uh, couple days ago that we had uh, all those people that were given an amnesty by Obama were actually hitting the pavement uh, for Hillary Clinton. So Benji, in your opinion, since we can't focus on 2016 anymore, we have to focus in the long run, like the left does. On 2020, doesn't matter who wins uh, a couple days from now. Um, what can we do as millennials to get back in the in the grind? Because I know you talked about a lot of Donald Trump um, and Hillary Clinton, but like, what can we do for 2020 as millennials? We've got to make sure that we push the candidate that, um, you know, furthers our interests the most. And whether that's Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz or, um, you know, some candidate that hasn't, that didn't run in 2016, um, no matter who it is, we have to make sure that they're pushed the, the, the most. And we have to make sure that we get active in those elections. I think young conservatives don't really get active in the primary process enough. You know, I've seen time and time again, you know, with Mitt Romney and John McCain, young conservatives get active, you know, in the general, but they don't get active in the primary. We saw how active millennials were in the Democratic election, and they really were the driving force of Bernie Sanders' campaign and almost won it for him. I mean, it, it, was, pre- it was a pretty close election, especially compared to the uh, the Republican election. So um, so I think that being active in the primary is key to pushing a candidate that's going to you know, further our interests. But going back to your point about you know, that I that I used in my in my article about how unenthused people are about voting for both candidates, if there's no activism for millennials, like there is, you know, mo- most millennials don't want to work for Clinton or Trump. They both both candidates have a really tough time getting ground support, and that's really spelling trouble for both of them. You know, I've seen both field offices, you know, not busy. They're not packed. They're not full like a usual presidential election would be. And they've had to fight an uphill battle since then, uh, uh, because of that. So it's a really big deal because millennials are usually the driving force of the ground campaign because they have the most time. They're the most willing to volunteer, uh, and give up, you know, hours without getting paid. Whereas, you know, an older adult, you know, they have kids, they have a job, they have, you know, they have to put food on the table. So to have millennials not active in the election is so, so detrimental to campaigns. And luckily for both campaigns, the other campaign is having the exact same problem. Because if one campaign was dominating the ground game with millennials, it would be over. Um, it wouldn't even be a close election. It may not be a close election, but it's a lot closer than it should be. So, um, 
So yeah, I mean, millennials are the, the driving force to campaigns. And for 2020, conservatives need to realize that and start to look at who's going to be the best person to represent millennials and the American population combined and, you know, see, see how important that'll be. And I really think that if they focus on that, there's really a tough, you know, it's going to be a tough battle for, for the Democrats. No, and I completely agree. You also have here, you know, that you spoke uh, to a couple of conservatives and you put here that nine out of 14 conservatives that you spoke are voting for Gary Johnson or Evan McMullen. Why is other willing to vote for a libertarian or even a, a, a person that just came into the to spotlight like what, three months ago, two months ago? Yeah, uh, I, I don't even know. I think Evan McMullen was especially the spotlight. The spotlight was like a week ago. He, I mean, he, he announced his campaign like two months ago, but he wasn't even known across the country really until a few weeks ago. But, um, you know, they're willing to vote for Gary Johnson or Evan McMullen because they feel like Donald Trump doesn't represent them. They feel like Donald Trump doesn't represent conservatism or the Republican Party, and they want to vote for somebody that they believe in far more than Donald Trump. And that's where I'm at. You know, I'm, I, I, wrote, I wrote in Evan McMullen, and I wrote him in because he was the one in the race that I believe in the most. And personally, I can't vote for a lesser of two evils, and both evils, to me, are about as bad as they can be. You know, if there's you know, if it's John McCain versus a Democrat in Arizona, I'll vote for John McCain because he's a better option. But Donald Trump, we have no idea what he's going to get into. He's been a liberal in the past. He says absolutely the worst things that I've ever seen come out of anybody in the public light's mouth, and he's running for the highest office in the land. He's not held accountable for any of his actions, and he should be in a lot more trouble than he has been, just like Hillary Clinton. So I think that that's why... Republicans are less likely to hold their nose and vote for him, especially millennials. And, you know, Gary Johnson and Ed McMullen represent the millennial viewpoints even more so. You know, on immigration, both of them are much more relaxed, which a lot of times millennials are a little bit more compassionate about the whole immigration idea. And obviously Gary Johnson on social issues is pretty liberal, so I can see the draw on the social issues for young, you know, young millennials who are a little bit more liberal in that regard. And then true conservatives want a guy like Evan McMullen, who actually stands for conservative principles. So it's really not that hard to see why people are turning away from Trump that are millennials and voting for a third-party candidate. But it also shows the problem that Donald Trump has uh, with gaining support from millennials. We just find out over the weekend that uh, Hillary Clinton's email scandal is being reopened. And then also during one of the... uh, uh, what's it called? The Trump rallies. Trump announced that breaking news in the rally in Manchester. I believe that's where he was. And a lot of people started chanting and going all crazy like they always do. You know, get her in jail, put her in jail. Now, I've been talking to a couple of radio hosts and um, we feel and I want to see if you feel the same way that by that being released on on Friday of of this come of this passing weekend, that that might have started a revolution against the government. Because hear me out, if Donald Trump does not win and Hillary Clinton wins, even though there is an open investigation on a current sitting president, or there will be current sitting president, wouldn't people get upset at this decision? That even though the FBI is still investigating this this scandal that she still got to be president. Will this cause a revolution? I really think that there's going to be a major shift in our political world after this election. And 
unless, you know, something within this investigation or something crazy comes out in the next week, Hillary Clinton will win, obviously. And but this investigation could change a lot of things. And not only, I think that this revolution in the government will probably happen either way, but both parties are so fed up with the leadership and with the two candidates that they have. And if this investigation turns out to be, you know, true and there's actually a lot of substance behind it, which I think that there's a pretty strong chance that there is, there's even going to be more anger from both sides. Um, and so I really think that this election could be, cha- uh, you know, really changing the whole political landscape that we have. Uh, because the approval ratings of both parties from their supporters is just so low. And both, you know, like I said, both parties are so upset with the options that they have in the election. So an investigation on a sitting president uh, that's not even really supported by her own party is definitely going to create some drama. And I think that the parties are definitely going to be restructured. I think this third party wave might even become a bigger thing. I hope Evan McMullen went to Utah to prove that third parties can exist. They can win states. They can make a difference. And I really do think that they can. Uh, I'm in a democratic, um, a Democratic class right now um, at my school at University of Washington, and we're talking about how our system is basically made for the two parties uh, and not three or four. But that's, I really don't think that that's necessarily going to be the case, especially if people are very fed up with what's going on, which they are right now, and they're looking for a third or fourth option. Um, I really think that this could make a huge difference in the coming elections, and I think we're going to see a lot of people withdrawing support from the Democratic Party if um, Hillary Clinton, you know, gets in trouble for this. And we've already seen a lot of, you know, support being withdrawn from the Republican Party. So I think that revolution is already happening. I don't think it's going to be, you know, large physical scale, but I think, you know, policy-wise, it's going to be a pretty, pretty big deal. No, and I completely agree. First, you have Obamacare as a failure um, that we all knew that was going to be. We even all conservative called it a failure. And you guys uh, remember that I just had Jason a couple of days ago here talking about Obamacare. Now we have this massive uh, thing that said, you know, we're going to open the case again. And then you got Speaker Ryan saying that, you know, he wants the security briefings to be stopped for Hillary Clinton because it's just going crazy. Uh, guys, we were listening to Benji Baker. Um Backer, I'm so sorry, Benji. I was kidding you, Baker. Uh, Benji Backer, uh, <laughs> no an 18-year-old conservative activist from Wisconsin, and he, like he said, he attends university at Washington, um, and he also writes for Red State, and he also writes for CNBC as a contributor. Benji, how can people find more information about you or find you on Twitter? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Benji Backer. I have a website, pretty basic website that just has some information, BenjiBacker.com, and uh, um, you know. Just look for another article or two to come out before the election, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens after November 8th. Uh, it's not going to be over after November 8th, that's for sure. There's going to no, be a, a lot of drama from Donald Trump, and there's going to be a lot of drama from this investigation. It'll be interesting to see where it all goes. No, and, and one thing I've been telling all my guests, and there's one thing is we should all understand, and you guys always know that I always talk about this, is whatever happens on November 8th, we just need to suck it up. It happens. And November 9th, we need to come back together as conservatives, and as Americans and say, you know what, what can we do now to better the country? Because somebody's going to be salty in November 9th. And whoever that salty person or party is going to be, they need to start saying, all right, now let's come back together as Americans and fix America. Because we always try to get, oh, the government can fix it. No, it's us. We fix it. Then we tell them how we want it fixed. Benji, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll get back to you after the election. 
to get you uh, your opinion on what happened. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, and uh, I'll look forward to, to seeing what's going on and talking to you in the future. Thanks for having me again. That's it for today, guys. So make sure you come back tomorrow because we got more interviews here on the Chris Cruz program. And how can you listen? Visit my website, chriscruzblog.com. That is K-R-I-S-C-R-U-Z blog.com. And you'll find all the previous interviews I've done. This is just going to get better and better. And make sure you follow me on the Twitter via rc underscore k-r-i-s guys tell me what you think about all these interviews tell me who you want me to interview next because i'm gonna get you that interview until next time